You know, let me ask you this here. Have you ever prayed for a, a do-over? <laughs> Have you ever prayed for a do-over, a, a second chance, a clean slate, so to speak? I mean, there's an allure to the blank page, to the empty canvas, to the open road, to freshly tilled soil, to the newness. There's, there's an attraction to that. And we can find ourselves experiencing that newness when we're open, when we're ready for the, the larger possibilities, the larger and new opportunities. You know, as Christy was just singing, you know, the, the time is now. It's available to us now in this moment. And so let me ask you for a moment. So what are some examples for you of a new slate, of a do-over, of a of, of freshly um, tilled soil um, to plant new seeds? In your life, what do you consider a clean slate? You can put that in the chat if you like, if you have any ideas. I'm going to offer some suggestions to you. I mean, some of... I mean, some of that are just very obvious. I mean, here we are at the beginning of a new month. It feels like a clean slate. We get to start anew. It's the beginning of a new week. It's the beginning of a new year. Some other examples of a clean slate in our lives may be in having a relationship with a new love, a new job. Or it could be a new slate can um, come about as the experience of saying goodbye to the old. You know, even in examples I, I thought of like bankruptcy. This is an example of a new slate setting us free to step into a new way of being. Or how about we having the election and, and um, stepping into a new administration, another clean slate. The beginning of something new, looking forward and ahead. And with that, those clean slates, don't you sense or feel whenever we are have in the midst of a clean slate, there's hope and aliveness around it, isn't there? You know, one clean slate, so to speak, that Kevin and I still celebrate and we still talk about, it was is our moving to Rhode Island in starting our life here with our beloved Concordia family. If you're not familiar with, with my experience, you know, in 2016, I had resigned from the pulpit where, um, from the center where I was the founding minister in Tampa, Florida. And I moved to Colorado and, and um, Kevin and I were doing long distance. He brought up the rear because um, there was still business and um, real estate and stuff that we had in Florida. And 18 months later, he um, brought everything. He brought up the rear and, and joined me in Colorado. And he barely had time to finish unpacking. It, or so it seemed when I received a letter of call an employment offer here to serve at this wonderful, beloved community. And at the end of 2018, we packed up a U-Haul 
hitched his car onto a tray, um, put his car in a trailer and hitched it to the back of the U-Haul, loaded up our my elements and everything with our um, two cats and a dog, Simon, Sebastian, and Bodie, and we headed across country here, arriving from Colorado to Rhode Island, and it was the beginning of a new life for us, living where we wanted, doing work that we love with people that we love. You know, so sometimes in our own individual lives, we intentionally seek a clean slate. But there are other times when we experience a clean slate where we may not have consciously asked for it. It can feel like it's been thrust upon us, unwelcome and unwanted and, and even unending, it can feel like like this pandemic in, in which we are currently facing. And we can find ourselves confronted with a curious combination of exhilaration and sometimes even panic or terror. Inherent in a clean slate and a new start is hope if we allow ourselves to, to see it and to feel it. In all of life's transitions, you know, think about the new slate, the clean slate of parenthood or divorce, saying goodbye to one and stepping into a new life, career change, moving, losses and successes of all kinds. And this morning, what I want us to consider is that whether we welcome that clean slate, whether we had intentionally, like Kevin and I, have made the decision to step into a new life, into a new way of being, and, and making this journey across country, or it's thrust upon us in a job loss, or a breakup, or a diagnosis, or a world health crisis, Regardless of whether we raised our hand and said yes to it, or whether we're saying, someone rescue me from this, there is always the opportunity for greater clarity, creativity, and new possibilities to emerge if we but have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. You know, it was in this month's issue of the Science of Mind magazine here, you know, um, this month we're celebrating um, Black History Month and on the cover we have Harriet Tubman. Oh, a powerful story. Make sure that you read um, read about her. Um, but our, our former spiritual leader for Centers for Spiritual Living, Dr. Ken Gordon, actually shares an experience of his own having to do with a clean slate, and, and his, um, this article entitled, Retired and Rewired. Take some time to read this, and I'll tell you a little bit about his story. Um, last February, and I, was, I had the, the opportunity to witness that, but we said goodbye to Dr. Ken in his role as the community spiritual leader for our global organization. He'd been serving, I believe, for eight years. And Dr. Ken, 
has dedicated his life to these teachings of science of mind. He is, has dedicated his life to promoting these teachings, to living them, to be an example, and, and to our organization. He has been in service for, for decades to Centers for Spiritual Living, all, of course, with the support you know, behind every man, behind every successful man, there is a, uh, a powerful woman. And uh, Dr. Deborah Gordon has, um, has been there to support him on this. But he was looking forward to retirement. So last February, we said goodbye to him in that role as community spiritual leader. And he was all set to begin a, his retirement officially on March 1st. 2020. And he had so many plans. He had plans of all the things he was going to do. I mean, he had planned pretty well for his retirement, or so he thought. Um, <laughs> he had, was starting on a clean slate. He was, had made a choice and a decision. He had plans. He had plans. And you know what they say about plans. <laughs> if you ever want to make God laugh, he was starting anew, a life of retirement. That was March 1st. And then it was on March 8th of 2020 when Canada, where he lives, they began their initial stages of locking down the borders due to the pandemic. Now, part of his plan was he had previously, he had traveled, you know, um, he had traveled um, many weeks out of the month in his former role. And so he was going to cut back, and even in retirement, he was he had plans to spend some time traveling throughout the U.S. and around the world. But March eighth, the borders began to lock down, requiring quarantines if you made your way back to Canada. And then on March fifteenth, the the United States began locking down their borders, requiring quarantines on on this side. And as he watched the world change before his very eyes, as we've all watched the world change before our eyes, a different clean slate was thrust upon him. What was he going to do now? He was all prepared for his retirement. He had set certain things in motion. I mean, he realized a few months into it that, that there wasn't a lot of living going on. What he realized a few months into his retirement is that he was actually waiting for it to start. You know, on page 104, I'm going to read this to you. He writes this, and I encourage you to read his article. It's, it, it is his, his, his um, story. It's, it's um, powerful. But he writes this. He said, the simple fact was that I was waiting for this thing, this pandemic to end, so I could begin to live my life again the way that I was supposed to, the way I wanted, the way it used to be. In other words, I was living in the past and in the future and not in the now, the present where all the power of the universe dwells. I was allowing myself to be a victim to outer sources 
and I had relinquished my true life in the process. You know, when we are the ones who are initiating change in our life, it can be exciting and we can be looking forward to it and, and we're living our life. But in those times when a clean slate, when life clears out our so-called plans and puts us onto what appears to be a different trajectory, it, it can be our, our, um, our response to sort of wait until the smoke clears so that we can really get down to living. If you read the article, he, he continues to show, um, share how, he, how life had cleared away his plans in order to make room for him to live life in ways that he hadn't anticipated before, that weren't in his list, and list of things to do. And do you know what? He's loving it. He's loving that new slate, that life has cleared and, and, and has, has put before him. While at first he resisted. You know, when we find ourselves in where we make plans and life changes them for us, in sometimes quick and dramatic ways, it can feel like we're being plunged into cold water. It has our attention. And, and we may actively in those times, you know, remember, oh, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to respond? We, we might, we, we know how to triage those dramatic situations and dramatic shifts and changes. But how about when when it's slow, it can be more subtle. Like for example, 11 months, we haven't met in person for our Sunday celebrations. We've been meeting online. And rather than beginning anew, we need to ask ourselves, am, am I sitting waiting for something to happen? I'm, am I waiting for something to rescue, rescue me? Am I waiting for, for life to get back to normal when all the time what's what we are actually facing is a clean slate with new opportunities and possibilities that are right there for our taking if we have the eyes to see it. This is what it takes for us to turn around in those times. It takes it takes, when, when our plans have failed and we're facing what has been thrust upon us, Dr. Holmes tells us how we can turn around. He says, he says, the only thing that stands between us and our next highest good is a thing of thought. And that's what Dr. Ken realized. It was a thing of thought, a new perspective, a new idea that shifted him from facing the clean slate of life that he hadn't planned on, a new idea, a new consciousness empowered him to see what was right there in front of them. You see, in, in those times of change, 
whether they're subtle or dramatic, whether they're planned or unplanned. These new slates, these clean slates, they are there calling us to release those thoughts and ideas and ways of being that no longer serve us. That's part of the reason why we resist it so, is because we're attached to the old way of being, to the thoughts and the ideas. I want to share with you a quote from Adyashanti that talks about this, this whole process of enlightenment. And he writes this. He says that enlightenment is a destructive process. It has nothing to do with becoming better or being happier. Enlightenment is the crumbling away of untruth. It's seeing through the facade of pretense. It's the complete eradication of everything we imagined to be true. And we need to think about that. You know, in Dr. Ken's experience, he, he had a whole idea. He knew what his retirement was going to look like. And then he became enlightened to a new idea, to a new possibility. And Meister Eckhart said that the spiritual life is one of subtraction, not of addition, but a subtraction. And so what does this mean? What is enlightenment is, is destructive? It's about clearing away those ideas that, that don't support us in stepping into the possibility that's right here before us. You see, the light, when it shines, it chases away the shadows. Enlightenment is the light lighting us up to a new consciousness that wakes us to the reality that the truth of life is that it's for us, not against us. It's within us. It's guiding us. It's directing us. It's co-creating with us. And any imaginations that we have that we're weak or that we're poor or that we're oppressed or we're a victim, it's difficult, it's hard. We have to wait for a new normal before we can step into the new. I have to wait for this or wait for that. I have to put off my good until I can get this out of the way, this unplanned life. That's not the truth. And enlightenment is us releasing those thoughts that are not the truth, those delusions. It's about us giving up our powerlessness to live lives of power and freedom as children of God. Releasing those thoughts in old ways, those old plans and expectations so that we can truly be awake to the light. It's right here, right now. It's available to us in this moment. Now, it does require our willingness to embrace the moment, to confront the pain 
or promise that exists in the practice, the presence of the divine. To tune within again, to, to turn away from the circumstances, to reconnect the source. You see, in every clean slate, whether we plan it or it has been planned for us, or so it seems, it's an opportunity for us to reconnect to the divine, to bring us back into relationship with source so that we can find our joy and our freedom of being. You see, we are not bound by precedent. We're not bound by the old normal, but we are freed by principle. We are freed by the, by the law that is always responding to our intention and attention as we surrender form, the outcome, the outline of it. To embody the spirit that is right here contained within our experiences. This experience is available to each to us in each and every moment if we make the space to experience it through our spiritual practices. You know, one practice that I uh, that we speak about and is 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 um, ours, our signature, our signature spiritual practice is that of spiritual mind treatment and, or, or our form of affirmative prayer. And Dr. Holmes writes this around about treatment. He writes, he writes this. this. He says, treatment opens up avenues of thought. It expands consciousness and it lets reality, the capital R, it allows, lets reality through. It clarifies the mentality. It removes the obstructions of thought and it lets in the light. The birth of anything new is, is generally preceded with pain and messiness. In July, I talked about the caterpillar dissolving into goo in order to become a butterfly. Before you and I were born, your, our, our mothers had to go through some pain and messiness to, in order to become a mother before we can enjoy the newness of a, of a new kitchen or a new home uh, as far as a remodeling going on in our homes. We have to contend with the destruction and disorder that can temporarily feel and look worse than when it started. There's emotions that emerge when the slate is cleared and when it's being cleaned, and it can feel difficult. It can feel difficult um, to manage. But stay with it. Engage with your spiritual practices of spiritual mind treatment and affirmative prayer so that you can tune into really the guiding light, the light that is there, that is lighting our path to our next highest good. You know, when we're feeling off-center, when we feel like we're Rubik's cubing it, when we're trying to find our way to, to get things back on track, that's a clear sign that we, are, that we are not practicing the presence. 
So in order for us to live with clarity, in order for us to live from possibility, to encompass our, our bodies, our minds, our spirits, we're called to practice that presence. You know, this month we're talking about not just thinking about our spiritual life, but experiencing it. And so connecting to the presence of the divine through spiritual mind treatment, through, through meditation, through mindfulness, even giving ourselves the permission to, to do what we need to do to feed our soul, sacred service, spending time in nature when it gets above freezing, <laughs> time with our friends, socially distancing, of course, and, and music and creative endeavors, remembering to laugh, taking care of our bodies. All of this are ways to tend to that relationship to the divine so that we can see the clean slate in front of us clearly to experience it and to step into it fully, embracing it, walking hand in hand with spirit as it guides and leads us. You know, I want to share with you an affirmation um, that you can work with this week. And I invite you to, to repeat this with me. I am open to the promise of a clean slate, which every moment holds. I am open to the promise of a clean slate, which every moment holds. And one more time, I am open to the promise of a clean slate, which every moment holds. And so it is. Next week, we will continue our um, discussion of the one path, um, one journey, many paths, and exploring further how to experience the divine. Practicing the presence is one way, and we'll be continuing to explore that to support us in living a spiritual life and helping make the world a better place. Let's, uh...